Hey, 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 welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, the podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your boy, Ben Young, filling in for your other boy, Colin Brandon. And with me tonight is... It's it's Mark. Mark Mark the Botker man. Botker. I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. Tonight we're talking about the hit 2002 sci-fi film Signs, directed by Night Shyamalan. Uh, produced by Night Shyamalan uh, and Kathleen Kennedy. The only reason I bring up produced by is because Kathleen Kennedy was a producer on this. I didn't know it. Uh, written by Night Shyamalan, uh, starring Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, and Abigail Breslin. And music by James Newton Howard. That's really all that matters. Had a budget of $72 million. Box office? Do you think it doubled it? Triple say so, yeah. It did. Yeah, tripled it. I think it almost quadrupled. It definitely did. $408.2 million box office globally. People liked this. They liked uh, crop circles back in the day. That was a cool thing. They liked liked, uh, aliens. and, And strangely enough, at one point, they liked Mel Gibson. So... People liked this. It's what women want. <laughs> hello, if you are a woman listening to this, uh, hello. <laughs> Great. Good one. That was a good one. All right. Woo! All right, we're off to we're off to the races. Let's talk about signs. Six months after the death of his wife, a former priest tries to hold his family together amidst an alien invasion while struggling with his own loss of faith. Wow. Yeah. Did you like that? I, I was like, that was I was so like, good. this is concise. I mean, Thank you. broadly, the theming of the movie is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got an alien invasion. Priest doesn't believe in God anymore. The aliens are God. They come to him, and they tell him to kill his son, as God did to uh, that one guy's Abraham. dad. Abraham and Isaac. Sure. Totally. Uh, the Binding I of like, Isaac, it's a famous uh, story. They're, um, they're by, called... Uh, Edmund, Edmund McMillan. I, I call them Icarus and that one guy's dad. Poseidon. But, um... Signs! Signs! Ooh, did we like this? Did we not like this? I... thought it was fine. Is this your first time watching? <laughs> that's good for... No, that's good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. I'll see you next year. I had seen this before. I saw this when I was a wee one. Uh, probably about the time it came out. So I'd say like 10, 11, 12... Uh, it scared me. It spooked me. I remember when the scene when uh, Mer- Meryl's up against the TV and he's like, Vamanos, children, vamanos! And the alien okay. steps out from the from the fence. That spooks me. Uh, it's a scary, scary little time. Uh, when you see it, you know, it's, it's scary. It's a good design. But uh, I think just opening up, a topic of conversation it shocks me that we are so hard on the happening 
and not hard on this one at all, which has all of the same crimes that The Happening does as far as its actors go. Did we review The Happening? No, I, I don't mean oh. us in general. I just mean society. I, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know the the hate yeah. behind the happening. Okay, well, when people talk about the happening, the first thing they like to reference is Mark Wahlberg's delivery of this line. <laughs> oh wait, I think I know what you're talking about. Where he's like, "Everybody's dying." <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the what? No, that one too. Just all all of them. Maybe he and, just and, sucks at acting. What? No. Well, but the delivery in this movie is the same way for for Mel Gibson, and and this is this is undoubtedly Joaquin Phoenix's worst performance of his life. Uh, I think there's something toxic about working with Knight. I think I think Knight doesn't know what humans act <laughs> like, and so he directs based on that, like what he thinks humans act like, because he yeah, is an his, alien. His scene in the car could have been a little better although he did he was properly dazed i feel like it was more what it was supposed to come off as but it it almost missed that mark still yeah i mean he's also not not an actor by yeah. any means he he does act in it he tries his hand at tarantinoing it but, i think uh, he just throws himself into the movie to explain the plot because he shows up and he's like the aliens are allergic to water i'm leaving to go to the water planet <laughs> So, one thing I was thinking about is that his character, his he he Knight writes the movie. So, as a writer, writers put feel like even though we're not we're putting these characters through this. It's our decision to do it, but it's not our decision. The script it writes itself. You know what I'm saying? But Writers often have a complex where it's like, I, I don't want to do this to this character. I like this character too much. I don't want them to go down this road. And I find it funny that, like, here he is, the writer who who sends Mill Gibson down this uh, awful six months, the worst six months of his life, I assume. And then he also plays the character in the script who also sends him down the worst six months of his life. I assume so. I, I don't know if he he chose to play that role because he felt a connection to the role as a writer, but I've I've felt that before when I've written where I'm just like I don't you know I feel guilty for what I do to the characters, and so I'm sure I that that's kind of what it felt like to me. That's really interesting. I hadn't mm -hmm. even thought about that. Thanks. I'm full of them. <laughs> Wait. Also, I have a I, I, I have um, a question. Um. Do you call him M. Night Shyamalan, or do you call him M. Night? I call He's him saying M. Night like M. Bop. Why? Yeah, that's Why what I was do thinking do too. In a, in a joke that got old like six Why? times ago. What? <laughs> that's not the human being oh, way of saying that. I don't know. Night. Night. Ben is revealing Night. himself to, in fact, also not be a human, but be an alien from a warring faction yeah. to M. Night. <laughs> It's true. I'm here to I'm here to take him down. It turns out he's just been taking himself down, so it's been a pretty easy mission. Yeah, I was gonna say he's kind of self-destructed. Uh, Some invaders and shit. <laughs> yeah. As far as what you were saying about the happening, I haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. And me neither. But I, maybe it's just due to people being aware of some of those things after they've seen them. You know. Yeah, three or four more times after after signs. I'm not sure. I haven't actually seen this in a long time, 
and I remember liking it quite a bit, and it uh, it held up better than I expected it to. I thought I'd find more flaws in it, but I actually I I there were there were a lot more things that that I think I missed initially, um, or maybe just didn't remember over the last well almost twenty years. I I had I probably seen it around two thousand ten sometime again, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to on rewatch. And there were some, some cool little things that I missed before. And some funny things, too. Like the uh, when he goes in the um, the uh, the military office, the recruitment office, and the guy's telling him about, about probing as a military uh, tactic. I thought that was, that was pretty funny. It seems so bizarre. And that's like that's, I guess, like, I don't know. I, I've never seen uh, The Sixth Sense because I, I never saw a point. Like, everyone and their parents ruined the movie. And, you know, the movie had come out well beyond the point where I was, like, you know, able to watch it. So, like, I get it. Like, I, I'm not, like, blaming people for spoiling it. But, like, I never saw it, so I don't know if this is, is, is always the case. But he, he always... Knight seems to always have these, like, weird tonal shifts throughout his movie that will either play really well for him or not, depending on his script, I think, because it seems to always be the case, right? Like he always, even in like, from what I remember in devil, like which he did not direct, but he wrote it's, it also seems to have like these weird tonal shifts through it. In which case it worked for that one. But, but in signs, People liked it, it worked, and then in The Happening, no one liked it. And then The Last Airbender, no one liked it. And I don't know. Nobody I, liked anything about that movie. Hmm? Nobody liked The Last Airbender at all, in general. Right. Well, no, for sure. There was nothing sure. to like. Well, like, I, I've always felt like when it, com- with a com- when it comes to Night, uh, you don't... There's not just one thing you hate about his movies. It's nothing... There's never, like, a deal-breaker. It's always a compound... Ish, uh, of issues where it's like okay well the score sucked okay well the acting sucked okay well the script sucked okay well the direction sucked and it's like like here the acting sucks the writing's not great but people like it because it's very well paced it's very suspensefully paced yeah I think he, he got really lucky with Six Sense in this movie and then it just went to shit because like things like uh, The Lady in the Water. I don't know if anybody or Lady in the Water. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's it. super fucking weird. And I, I it's the same idea as you said, the weird tonal shifts in the middle of the movie. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? If you're really paying attention, you're like, what the fuck's going on here um, with these characters? But um, so there was some sort of trivia that I found on here that I thought was really cool. Um, casting wise. Uh, so Mark Ruffalo was supposed to be in this movie. He's supposed to play the, uh, yeah, he was supposed to be the part of the brother Ooh, and, um, and like, and he apparently had a, um, uh, a brain tumor that turned out to be benign at the time. But yeah, it's very interesting. I had no idea about that. And oh, wow. I think I could see it. I could definitely see him playing a better Merrill. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Mark Ruffalo. I think, yeah, I think he probably would have done better, but I don't know, because the script's just bad. Like, you could tell Joaquin's trying, but his, his character's so poorly written and so just, like, stupid that, like, he can't help but, true. but make it come it's off true. as corny. He has no choice. What do you dislike so much about the way they wrote his character? I think the whole uh, the whole movie is just camp. 
like don't get me wrong i ended up enjoying it more than i thought i would going into this rewatch because it had been a while but the movie is just pure camp. I, I don't. I. I not. Sh- I think the uncertainty is what scared us as kids. Because as an adult, it's. I. I can't help but laugh at every single scene, except the scene where uh, Morgan kills the dog. That's fucked up. But everything else was just like, like even this big climactic moment where, um, you know, the whole swing away Meryl thing is like supposed to be like po- empowering for these characters. And it's corny. It's stupid. I I, I can't ha- I can't take it seriously. And part of the reason might be because of Scary Movie Three. Scary Movie Three might have ruined this movie for me. I haven't seen any of the scary movies. Scary Movie Three has some really wonderful everything. Everything that's not signs in Scary Movie Three sucks, but all of their signs parodies are awesome. Hmm. The one thing that like I couldn't focus at all during the scene with where he's talking to his wife at the car where she's pinned because i kept thinking about the scene in scary movie three <laughs> where charlie sheen comes up and he's like I, I, I she's like he's she's like you're not gonna be able to talk to her and he's like i don't understand she's like he's she's split in two halves yes so and he pulls out a donut and a hot dog and he like sticks it he's like will this still work She's like, no. Oh my god. No. And he's like, I still don't get it. And she takes the hot dog and breaks it in half. And he goes, oh. So, like, I don't know. I maybe parodies have ruined all of the dramatic uh dramatic tension in these movies for me. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of parody. Let's get rid of it. You're oh most okay. of your humor cool. is parody. <laughs> my humor, yeah, I love me. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but there are interesting points to talk about with signs too yeah have you guys heard the theory um that uh it's not about aliens at all but it's about demons i have not hmm. no i haven't heard that have i am i the only one mark have you heard this theory no, i haven't heard it. um so the theory kind of goes that um Obviously, the uh, father is a, or the, the the Mel Gibson character is in a, a, a lapsed uh, Episcopal priest, and um, kind of the idea, I guess, behind this whole thing is that these demons are like sent to Earth, and like the daughter, like her whole weirdness is that she's got like some kind of divinity in her, which is why the water actually hurts these because she's like taking little sips and blessing the water inadvertently right. turning it into holy water. So it's not actually that the quote unquote aliens are allergic to water. It's that the uh, demons are uh, averse to holy water. And there's some other, there's some other things I haven't, uh, I haven't read into the, uh, the whole theory in a while, but that's kind of the gist of it. Interesting. Yeah. That's Is a the- really interesting. <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead. There were some other things like the, the lights in the sky. Mm-hmm. The fact that isn't that, uh, that isn't that like a reference to the rapture? Sorry, like lights huh. in the sky. Yeah, it could be. Those could be. Ray Reedy also recognized the bit about the water. Mm-hmm. I so, think he just was basing it on a rumor, right? Well, yeah, it could be. Because he he did say I was thinking about it, and. He mentioned like that he noticed where all of these events were happening were away from water, all the crop circles. 
Okay, okay, okay. I like that theory a lot because it actually kind of makes Bo not pointless, I guess. Like yeah, her, her whole thing where like it it she it does seem like she has some sort of divinity about her, but it never pans out, and so it just comes off as silly. So that theory that that read of the movie actually gives her some purpose, which is nice. Mm-hmm. She keeps didn't she say something about I had a dream like this a couple times? She dr- she this? claims she dreams a lot of events in the movies. But they never turn out the way she was expecting them to. Hmm. Assuming because that every time... Every time there's, like, some big thing that's coming up that she says that, like, she dreamed about, um, it's it's a moment of faith. It's a moment of whether... which, which, Which man is Mel Gibson going to be? He needs to decide right now. So that's probably... She's probably seeing the bad endings of everything. Got it. Another thing I saw, um, uh, I don't know. M. Night Shyamalan seems to, or sorry, M. Night Shyamalan seems to have a weird thing about uh, water as a weapon, which is weird. Very interesting. Um, so like mm-hmm. unbreakable, obviously, Lady in the Water. I mean, it's like he seems to have this kind of obsession with water. It's very interesting because water as a water as a weapon I, I don't know i don't know when when we see these themes of water as a weapon because it seems to be like a thing that he loves to do with this so, well you know, you can... apart from a lot of people's like well i shouldn't say a lot of people but apart from using it as kind of you know a sense of fear of swimming or fear of uh you know like jaws or something like that um it is otherwise usually synonymous with life or you know, life, blood. True, life, life, and death. I mean, water, water gives, water takes away. Yeah, water. Everyone who's drank water has died. So. Are we that gonna cover water world on uh, true. on this on this show? Covering huh? that, covering water world on this show. Oh hell yeah! Maybe someday. The classic blockbuster. Russell um. Crowe, um, Cameron Diaz. Um, <laughs> Ethan right? Hawke. I don't, I don't think, think any right. of that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now we need a movie. We need a sci-fi movie with those three actors in it. Yeah, now. I was gonna say I'm, that. I'm, I'm down with that. It's a good cast. Wasn't I like, I like that. Song song. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure he played the professor. Yeah, yeah, played the professor. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz played Marianne. <laughs> This is a sci-fi reboot of Gilligan's <laughs> Island. <laughs> Starring Ray Liotta as Gilligan. It's so interesting. Ray Can you open up your window? This is no, a really Mark, weird please. joke. Let's go back on yeah. track. <laughs> All right. So this, uh, so that that confirms that M Night Shyamalan is an alien. Uh, an anti-water alien. Mm-hmm. So uh, an anti-water alien. Yeah. Yeah, a, 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 an alien that that can't look down at a planet and go, huh? Hey, is that stuff that okay. hurts us down there? And they're like, no, it's I'm fine. Like, yeah, I was like, if we were exploring space and we were like, hey, maybe we should wear suits. And they're like, well, all of the atmosphere is fine. We can breathe the atmosphere. Okay, uh, cool, cool, cool. But there's Captain, sulfur, sulfur Captain, pools. this planet is 75% hydrochloric acid. <laughs> 
Oh, put us right down in that acid pit. Fine. No, we'll you know fine. what though? We would go down. Yeah, we definitely would. We would. We would. They did. The, I feel like that's. I mean, I feel like the, that's an OSHA fine waiting to happen though. The that book that obviously it was a lot of speculation and things like that. Apart from it being kind of the uh, another pe- like a divine set piece that was handed to them. Um, they just happened to get the one copy of that book in at the store and they wound up with it. Uh, but it had, that was one of the things they talked about and it was, you know, them coming to take the planet because theirs had they'd become uninhabitable to them. Sure. So if they were, if it was out of desperation and there were other things that were positive about the planet, then maybe it was worth but, it. But That's we true. also, we also do know they weren't there to take the planet. We found that out at the end. They were there to take the people. Which, which honestly backs up Miller's demon theory even more. Because mm-hmm. um, that's, that's something I was thinking about the whole time, because I couldn't remember... I don't remember all the twists and turns you know, going into this. And I was very confused as to why they would even want a planet like this. Because it is virtually uninhabitable for them. Like, the shit that hurts them falls from the sky. Yeah, that's like, true. They can't live here. <laughs> Uh, That's, so I, it's present in the yeah. air in most places. And they show up without their galoshes. <laughs> so, but or it turns goulash. out they were taking, they were taking people is what someone had said on the radio toward the end. And when everyone was coming out of the basement, got it. Is it for delicious human meat? Is that why that's happening? I assume it's to uh, power their computer simulation. Oh, okay. I did. I did. I really liked the line where, um, after Mel Gibson gets back from, uh, from uh, Ray Reddy's house, and he says the bit about the water, and his kid, his kid's like, that seems kind of unfounded. <laughs> like they've yeah, just no. been spouting all that information from the book. That's like, okay, like no, that's I law. laughed at that too. <laughs> Rory, Rory Culkin, and Abigail Breslin kill it in this movie. Like I'm, I'm sitting here like trashing on the acting. But the kids do a really good job because the kids just know what they're supposed to do. Read lines, act like kid. Like, that's their job. They, you can give them some very basic emotions, but you can't be nuanced like Knight's trying to be with the older actors where it's like, be baffled, be this, be that. Like, you don't get that. You just get kids. And these are two just legitimately raw, talented kid actors who, you know, we have both gone on to great things and it's shown in here and and i i love i love both of them They're i know the abigail breslin but who's vandalay culkin rory culkin yeah was he well, he's he... macaulay culkin's brother but i don't know oh, what else brother. he's been in yeah rory culkin was in scott pilgrim who was he young neil oh he was not the older uh the yeah uh he was the friend right? or was that kieran culkin steven stills steven no 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 he was uh what's Gideon his name Graves. the gay roommate um, no, never mind. That was Kieran Culkin. How many I Culkins are there? Is that another brother? There's three. There's see. Rory, Rory, Kieran, and Macaulay. Also, why like can't the, the why can't the parents name their kids anything normal? Shane Culkin, Dakota Culkin, Macaulay Culkin, Kieran Culkin, Quinn Culkin, and Christian Culkin. They had it right, and then they lost the plot, and then they kind of got back to normal. <laughs> the more I see Culkin, the weirder it got. Yeah, Kieran's on. Uh, He's on Castle Rock, um, which is that one show. The Game of Thrones spinoff. Uh, no, um, it's that one show. I never saw it. It's that the Stephen King show where it's like uh, Stephen King's universe. The Stand. 
He's in Scream 4 as Charlie Walker. Didn't see it. So good. Oh, very good. I forgot that was him. Igby goes down. Igby Culkin? He was in the Waco miniseries. Ooh. Thank you for the, joining the so, Culkin yeah. cast. Or we, yeah, we're, <laughs> all right, here, we're, welcome to the cast where we list movies that Andrew hasn't seen before. <laughs> we're the movies we that can add um, Godfather Part me, 1, 2, and 4 to that why list. Why do you ask things you don't want the answers to? I didn't ask anything. I don't think anybody asked anything. Yeah. Am I alone? Who are you, people? I don't know. Is this just Ben with four voices? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Wait. Bill, say something only Ben would say. Eh, event horizon's the worst. Why you got me put me on the spots like this? No. Hold on. Let me, get, let, me go, right. let me go write this out. I'm going to go. Wait, I'm going to go brainstorm. You're a real person. I'll be right we back. know you're a real person now. Okay, so. Religion. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Because that's the basic focus of. Science. It's a sci-fi film, yes, but it's a sci-fi film that is to look at. For those, there's a visual. For those of you who aren't right on, our, on this Discord call right now, <laughs> Bill's walking around looking for spaghettios uh, in, his, yeah. in his back room. Okay, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. Okay. It's because I'm fat, but that I'm doesn't not. work anymore. Anymore. No, that I haven't said anymore. that since high school. Fuck. Okay, I'll go. That was you my know what? I'm, I'm gonna go back school. to the drawing board. All right. He's walking around again. Oh, he's going to continue the visual gag while we talk about religion and how uh, science uses science fiction, its genre, to actually talk about religion, which is pointedly not a science fiction topic. Um, it is in the, in the context of how humans deal with religion, of course, though. So, Miller, I know out of everyone here, you're the only guy who like does that shit. So Yeah, I probably am think? the most religious out of this entire except for mark mark's a little more religious than i am okay so but he believes uh, he worships you know cthulhu we need right. to know mark's never read a fucking lovecraft whole, novel in his life we need to know all about this god guy uh -huh. what's up with them um well it isn't specifically about god but i think the only thing that actually ties this movie to sci-fi is the fact that the monsters in this movie may or may not be aliens i mean if they were demons then this is just firmly not sci-fi whatsoever if these if this was anything other than aliens that it would not be sci-fi um nothing else science fiction really happens in this movie to me they get the book by that guy and they wear the tinfoil hats and that's about it um uh well i mean what do you what do you want to know about gad you know i mean he's uh he, he does a lot of things you know I mean, he's, um, <laughs> what's your, what's your question? Well, it's not really a question. It's just like, Caller. you know, most of the critical analysis of this film would revolve around, I suppose it, it's, it, it centers around Mel Gibson's main point. Right. In, his uh, loss of faith. It, his, but not just, not just his loss of faith, his, his speech that he gives to Merrill when Merrill is worried about the lights over Mexico city. Mm-hmm. He he tells he tells Meryl that there's two types of people in this world. There's the type of person that will look at those lights and will be skeptical about it, but they'll they'll think it's something. They'll think it's nothing. They'll think it's the end of the world. They think it won't be, but no matter what they think, they're going to be afraid because they don't know. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other type of person who sees it as a miracle. Mm -hmm. They they still don't know they don't know what it is all they know is that whatever it is it's a miracle 
which is yeah, reaffirms their faith and makes them feel comforted. Mm-hmm. So this is a bad. The, the movie is a battle of of what kind of person Graham Mel Gibson's character is, and. Uh, I don't know. I just this seems to be the only point of topic we could talk about mm-hmm. when it comes to how a sci-fi challenges faith. I guess. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, we could just call it. Sure. No. I, I, mean, mean, I mean, this um, is definitely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on, Bill. No, I was gonna say I was gonna switch gears just a second, but I was like, what I was gonna say is this is definitely one of those things that I could definitely probably talk about this if I forget about sci-fi. I mean, this is like, I'd say the biggest point is that this is examining faith in general. Because, I mean, the definition of faith is belief without evidence. And it's like, it's understanding and believing in something and trusting in something rather than touching, feeling, sensing it. You have a belief within you as a human being rather than seeing something and measuring it and understanding it. You have a faith within you. So I think that's that's one of the biggest sort of messages to take away from this yeah really well said bill um furthermore to that um let's let us not be remiss and you know misremembering that you know uh, science and therefore to a certain extent i think we could extrapolate science fiction is uh a it's not a system of belief it's a uh, it's a method of figuring things out you know i mean the reason that we don't you know, make sacrifices to the God of rain anymore is because we figured out how rain works. You know, we don't have to kill, you know, the firstborn calf anymore in, in order to, to, to make things rain, you know, people, wait, we don't, uh, Mark, you're a vegetarian. No. Hey, you haven't been doing listen. that anyway. No wonder you're, no wonder it doesn't <laughs> rain at your house. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we don't, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to appease those gods anymore. Um, you know, we, we figured it out, uh, to, a, to a certain extent and, um, you know, who, who knows what we'll figure out in the future, you know I mean? But, but, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, religion is, it is, it's a list of rules and there's a lot going on and a lot of it's contradictory and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I think people really have to kind of come to their own, conclusions make their own decisions you know i mean examine what is available and kind of go from there i mean it's not like the scientific method where you can you know put religion in a a beaker swirl it around put a little flame underneath it and come out with the answer um i think it's it's different and it's it's, have you tried that uh i haven't no do you know how expensive glassware is and while we're in the middle of a joke, <laughs> I wanted to cut in really quick and just say it's not a topic of 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 uh, skepticism versus religion. It's a topic of skepticism versus faith, which I right. think faith and religion right. are two very different, extremely different things. things. I mean, just think of how right. many religions there are in general. I mean, we're. I mean, this movie obviously deals particularly with a, a, a certain sub a sect of Christianity, but obviously there are many religions out there that you know maybe maybe there's one out there for you i did i did want to talk about that difference that you were that you were mentioning ben because i think the that part of the driving force between behind this theme is that 
especially with when it comes to space travel and um, extraterrestrials. I feel like faith is involved in that a lot and in sci-fi as a theme in general. So I think that is an, it's an interesting approach to uh, those comparatively so close together, uh, religion, demons, and aliens. Uh, I think it, I think it was very purposeful. Uh, I do like the way that it, that it came out in the story in general. Um, and the way they, the way they discussed it too, was very interesting. Uh, at the, I mean, they, they touched on it very lightly a lot, but they had a couple scenes where they got into it a little more like on the couch and, but yeah, I, th- I definitely think that in general with aliens, you know, or even, uh, what X-Files. I was, I was thinking of the X-Files mm-hmm. when you were mm-hmm. mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think that's a common theme in sci-fi as it is. That's a really wonderful point. Uh, this whole argument that Graham makes, uh, makes me think about uh, an argument that is made in another sci-fi TV show, which came out after Signs, a little ditty called Lost, which I want to do so bad. I want to talk about Lost for 10 hours. But um, there, the kind of driving conflict behind the first three seasons is the man of science versus the man of faith. Uh, two born leaders who find themselves on this island, one reluctant, the other less so, uh, and they find themselves consistently at odds throughout the story based on various parts of, of the of the island, based on things happening with other characters. They always seem to find themselves at odds. And the funniest thing is, and many characters often mention it, is that if these two would just sit down and talk more rather than argue, is they they'd find a lot more in common than they think, and that's I think that's always kind of been the case with the argument of science versus faith, you know, like it, it, more more recently in our history, Catholicism has kind of opened their mind more to more scientific explanations in partnership with their idea of God. You know, so that just goes to show like you could you could accept uh, viewpoints of of different kinds, work it into your own philosophy. There is no one correct answer. I myself am even just I'm not an atheist. I'm just agnostic. I I have the the coward's answer. The I don't know. Um, So, you know, I, I think that if more people. I think I think the point is that the point is that Graham is at a battle with himself when he needs to accept both his faith and his lack of understanding as well. He could seek answers, but he can't let that consume him is what it comes down to, I think. Right? Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is making me think about a lot of things, like what you just said about like seeking answers and, and having, um, you know, the process of science as... Um, 
as you know integrated parts of each other because you know science is mm-hmm. is done by humans and humans have faith so you know humans had to have faith that they could land on the moon in order for them to get to the moon or to get to the rockets that they attach to capsules that they attach to the lamb that got them to the moon you know it's like they had to have yeah. that yeah. human will and faith to get there. And so it's like, it's like a driving force behind what a, a human's trying to do. So like, you know, Mel Gibson, uh, I'm sorry, Graham throughout the whole thing is, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's got that skepticism. He's got that almost, um, almost not even skepticism as antagonism. You know, he's, he's kind of like, he's antagonism. That's interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, he's got this sort of, uh, the sort of dichotomy between himself and God, like as if he's like against God, as if he, you know, the dinner scene, especially. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly where we go. But, um, yeah, no, but, but going back to faith, I mean, what I believe is that faith is part of being human. Um, we can't know everything. We don't know everything because of the limitations of who we are as people, you know, and, um, you know, you only can consume as much sensory data as possible, but that's only so much. So you have to have faith that there are certain things that happen in the world and you have to go by feeling and gut with that. So it's like, you know, people are gonna, you know, there's nobody standing behind me. I don't have any evidence for that, but I have faith that I, I have, you know, the willingness and the capacity to understand that. But that's also saying that there, I rely on evidence. So it's like, we think of science and faith being at odds simply because faith means, you know, faith means you have the will and uh, science means you have the way. So it's like, you know, it's rather than saying like evidence versus no evidence. It's more like human will and innovation and innovation and process you know so it's like these two human elements coming together can explode and create wonderful things um but they're separated so often so it's like we separate these things we separate the human you know i mean if you say you know the soviets are going to get to space before us apparently we can build a rocket and go to the moon i mean that's like basically we use human faith and willpower to make things happen so it's like yeah yeah so, I mean, that's the train of thought that I'm going on. But as a person himself, coming back to faith, um, it's very interesting that it took a lot of evidence to get him there in a lot of ways. That he didn't have that gut feeling or he almost had the gut feeling, but he bottled it up like he had the faith there, but he resented it in a way. Yeah. You know, and he bottled it up and didn't want to look at it because of this thing that happened to him. And his wife, you know, it's like he didn't want to think of it. And then we came back to the thing that happened. It kind of confirmed his faith, you know, when everything in the end ties together, he's like, you know, well, this goes back to my faith. And, you know, the fact that I have the faith, but I don't want it. And now it comes back to, you know, something traumatic and horrible that took away my faith has brought it back. Which is a lot of cases. And when a lot of people come back to faith is that some sort of traumatic or horrible thing happens to them and they come back to it. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that's that's all. That's a fantastic 
line of thought, Bill. And that's the only reason I think that I I would kind of reject any kind of demon reading of signs is because without it, the story is just kind of a a revelation story, which is all fine and dandy, but it's it kind of hollows it out. Whereas with the with the science aspect, with the, the extraterrestrials, with the it's, the science books will change forever. Partnered with the battle of faith, I think it allows us to it, it gives us a lot more to reach those kinds of conclusions and go down those lines of thoughts that uh, lines of thought that uh, a, 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 a revelations a rapture reading wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's much more human. It's much more yeah. human to go from the sci-fi, science, alien um, viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in an alien invasion, humans, you know, have a choice. Like, we could do something about it. In the rapture, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we could have ever done except pray. So, And if you mm-hmm. didn't start praying when you were out of the womb, you're done. So... <laughs> Right, right. Uh, well, it depends on what you believe. <laughs> true, true. I just yeah. mean in general, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's kind of um. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was looking at the uh, article that I had read about um, the uh, allegory for demons and signs, and um, they claim that uh, the uh, primitive method of dispatching the uh, aliens. They you never really get to hear what it is, and so there's some speculation that it was prayer. And Graham's refusal to pray kind of allowed this thing to, you know, get get a hold of his boy. Huh. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it. I just, you know, I it's just, I guess yeah. at the end of the day, it's all kind of yeah. moot. Because, like, if it was a rapture reading, like, we wouldn't be talking mm-hmm. about it anyway. But it's well, it a might nice... not necessarily. It might not necessarily necessarily be a rapture reading, but it could just be a demon invasion rather than an alien invasion. Well, if like if demons are coming onto Earth, isn't that just the rapture? Like, no. Did you ever see Constantine? Right. That there's just right. a there's just a constant holy war going on between heaven and hell. Oh, okay. And sometimes sometimes things just happen. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean that. Not only that, but people. Um, God would pull all of his faith well off the uh, off the earth before any crazy demony shit started True. happening on, True. on earth. So I you'd see those kids be you, those kids would not be there; they would be gone. Yeah, yeah, because they're innocent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, um, yeah, I wanted to say something. So this is totally off base, but you talking about the little war thing? Have you guys ever seen the Night Watch? No. I've okay. seen Night Trap. It, it's an insane Russian film that uh, it, began, it was a Russian series, actually, and it's not within the wheelhouse of sci-fi, so I unfortunately can't go into it, but it's really cool. <laughs> you should see is it. Is there a connection to what we're talking about, or is it just something that led you uh, to think about it? That's something that just led me to think about it, the, the battle between demons and angels Ooh. and stuff like that, so... Yeah, very cool movie. You can check it out because I, I, I just I, I was like thinking like, oh, maybe we should do that for the cast, and I was like, mm, and no, no. We'll check it out, and we'll talk about it on our next podcast, religious cross sections.
where we <laughs> will pray about it. We'll you know read about it in the Bible. We'll tell you what should we think about it. We'll mm-hmm. we'll Bible study about it. Um, does anyone have any other points they want to talk about? No, not really. Wait, wait, the two, wait, the two thousand four one. Yeah, two thousand four. Like, mm-hmm. is the is the tagline really cool as hell? <laughs> probably. No, it was originally in Russian. It was originally in Russian, so they probably just like, and they barely translated it. So, <laughs> uh, really, really quick, uh, quick side point. Do you guys think that? Um, there could be a massive global coordination of crop circles. I'm so glad you said that because my I, I was just gonna say that this movie was clearly made before the internet became a big thing. I actually looked it up. So like, this movie came out in 2002, and 4chan was established in 2003. So as Cherry Jones says, there is no way they could ever coordinate worldwide crop circles. Period. No, there's zero way at that point in time. Eventually, what if you got on alt.hoax.obsessive? You guys remember that? No. Me neither. I didn't have a computer in the 90s. Okay. But apparently there were no websites. There were just like... Not no, no websites as we know it. The internet before, so before websites were invented, the internet was just dial tones, and people mm-hmm. would listen to the dial tones, and the the different tones would give information. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a language, right? Like an that alien seems wrong, language, but I don't know enough about it. Like an alien language. That's right. Uh, so are you saying the signed aliens were on AOL? <laughs> Is that why all the, Is that all where all those AOL songs? discs came from? Those trial discs? The first. When did they bury all those tubes? Huh? I, That's what I want to know. I don't know. I think it's under Spielberg's house. All of, oh, all of the internet tubes? Right next to the dead horses. <laughs> the yeah, dead the horse ranch. <laughs> that was. Uh, I actually learned all about the internet tubes at a Blue Man Group concert. They, oh. Did they play the tubes? Is that why my internet keeps going in and out? Yep, it's every time it's messing up, Blue Man Group is playing the tubes. Fuck those dudes. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. No, there's mm-hmm. no way there could ever be a worldwide coordination effort uh, back then. There could be now. Now, definitely. And the fact that there hasn't been is is ludicrous. We should do it. <gasps> They're just waiting for the 20th anniversary. Man! If we were a bigger podcast, we could convince our fans to go out and start making crop circles in people's fields. Mm -hmm. Okay, 20 people listening right now. Go out behind (laughs) Mel Gibson's house and make fake crop circles. And it would be big and it would get us lots of media attention and like we wouldn't be inciting a riot so we wouldn't get in trouble. Oh yeah, local sci-fi podcast uh, tricks everybody into uh, believing there's like a crop circles hoax uh, except for the fact that it's a sci-fi cross-sections and it's not a crop circle. George Lucas is reading the news? He's gone a long way down. It's just—it's his retirement. He's fallen far. Just a little bored. Yeah. In other news, I wish I hadn't sold my major franchise to a bunch of fucking losers. I—I wouldn't. A billion dollars—you can make a whole fucking other franchise if you want to. Something billion dollars. He had how many more ivory back scratchers? Is that five? Five more ivory back scratchers for Luke Bassan. Okay. If that's that. And it's time to go in to the best ni- time of the night because it means we're done. 
Good sci-fi, bad sci-fi! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are almost done, and you can almost stop listening to us. But first of all, we need to tell you whether they we think They can never it's... stop listening. <laughs> Not to me. He's always in your ear. You can hear me in your head now. You'll hear all of your first, thoughts in my voice. we need to tell you the word sci-fi along with an adjective in front of it, and we will use that method to describe our enjoyment of it. We may also use the word movie and an adjective in front of it. Uh, Would you like to beginning? start then? Yeah, I'll start. Okay, I was going to start with you, but you you took the initiative. Um, I'm going to go ahead... You just got a better role than you. I'm going to go ahead and say it's okay sci-fi. Uh, no, I'm going to say it's okay plus sci-fi. It, um, like a, a, a C plus B minus... It's not bad. It's fine. Uh, the movie itself is is not as good as I remember it being. It's not as spooky as I remember it being. But we had a, a good and thoughtful discussion about faith and humanity that came out of this, and I think that's worth something. So I won't I won't say it's bad, and I won't say it's mediocre. Um, it lacks certain aspects, but it does draw a a good conversation out of us regarding faith, and I think that deserves. A good minus sci-fi. Not a great movie. Mark? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark Circles. <laughs> uh, I will. I was thinking about the same. I think uh, it doesn't, you know, top the list for me or anything, but it was a bit better than I was expecting it to be. I didn't remember much about it, so I was kind of going in expecting it to not live up to what I had known of it um i do like i we have, we did have a good discussion on it i do like it's it's tied to faith in sci-fi as a whole i mean a lot of genres of sci-fi at least um and i like that that kind of connection they made in that line they wrote definitely i, I think it's pretty good sci-fi all right thank you mark circles Mel Brooks, what do you got for us? All right. Who is obviously the star of this film? Um, I would say that it is. um... Okay, so when I started this, when I was going to go watch it, I was thinking bad sci-fi. And now that we've started talking about it, I'm going to say I'm going to go with what Ben said, which is like a check minus (laughs) check sort of thing if we were in elementary school. Um, so uh, I'm going to go with that. Um, and yeah, no, it made me ask a lot of good questions, which is, my, you know, my my sort of test for this. So it made me ask uh, uh, some questions about, about being human, which I know Colin would appreciate. So yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it right in the middle. I'll give it okay sci-fi. Which is not good or bad, so I'm breaking the rules because I'm a bad boy. I mean, it, as long as you have an I'm adjective in front of the word sci-fi, we're good. So that's all we require. I'm, I'm the wild card of the group. We've we've done okay sci-fi's plenty of times. All right, uh, and the always consistent Hawk Braxton. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm in the same boat. It's just kind of bleh, kind of meh sci-fi. It's uh, it's fine. Um, like I said, it, it's kind of just one step away from not being sci-fi at all, just because of the nature of the monster. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's a good idea to examine what it means to be human, at least from time to time, maybe not have it constantly in the forefront of your mind, because that's enough to make you go crazy. But, you know, every once in a while, just be like, you know, what, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, I'm going to big rock hurtling through space for, you know, if you're unlucky, 28 years, if you're real lucky, then maybe something closer to 80 or 90. Um, but yeah, you know, like good, you know, blah, just kind of meh, blah, 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 sci-fi. How do you spell that? Word. I, I want to address that you keep you keep saying that if they took the sci-fi out of yeah. the movie, it wouldn't be sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you could take the, you um, could take the. Um, it's the same kind of thing. Like if you took you Event Horizon out of space, out of the movie, it's a, but not it's the a movie good movie. It's a good you know, it's a haunted house movie in space. If you take the alien out of the movie Alien, then it's nothing. It's not a movie anymore at all. <laughs> It's, at that point, it's just like it's just, it's just Sigourney Weaver just running around through the air ducts. It's just a weird voyeuristic, like experimental film. Can I? I wanna, no one likes maybe it. I'll, maybe I'll recut Alien with no alien. Game <laughs> yeah. over, man. It's a, a, a special presentation from Sci-Fi Cross Sections mm-hmm. and editor Andrew W. S. Miller. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll put it out like no a no alien. <laughs> I, I'd love to watch it. I'd love to watch it and then uh, come together and talk about it and maybe dissect mm-hmm. it. <laughs> the Andrew Miller which, minus alien cut. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, as so long as there are no uh, surprises like Tenet last week, um, next week we are talking about the Robert Pattinson indie sci-fi film High Life. Uh, all that talk about Tenet and Robert Pattinson made me want to remind everyone that Robert Pattinson is good at what he does. Uh, so, I and I've always wanted to see it. I haven't gotten to see it yet, so I hear he's great in it. I'm really excited about it, and I love I love indie sci-fi too. I think we all do. I think we all prefer indie sci-fi than these mm-hmm. big budgets. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we are filled out our we filled out our schedule through October. I'm not going to tell y'all what's coming just yet in case something changes. But rest assured, it's good. Uh, we got two TV shows on the list, uh, a bunch of classics, a bunch of '80s classics, uh, and some new stuff. So it's really exciting. Uh, but most importantly, uh, we're not going to keep doing this. If you don't find us listeners, so go subscribe, go review us, go share us with your friends, be an active supporter of the podcast, and we will reward you for it. Tell them what if they won, get, Ben. Huh? Tell them what they how can many, win. How many Ben points would they get? I, I, we should do a giveaway. Uh, let's come up with a giveaway. If you have something if, like is, a, is you think would be like fun to do for like a giveaway, like a, a a prize or something, like post it to our Facebook page. Like shoot us a message. Like if you have an idea, let us know. Like what 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 kind of prizes are you people looking for out here? Are you looking for movie tickets? Are you looking for signed? posters of movies but with our autographs on it are <laughs> I, I will personally sign every copy of the poster for event horizon out there do you want do you want bill to come, you to, your bill to, come to your birthday party 
he'll scream a lot and he'll be really confused. He will rub his chest uh, on the glass. I don't understand. He started talking about satellites for 30 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, very seriously, please, uh, please be active, active members. We, we know you're out there listening and we appreciate you for that so much. But, uh, you know, we, we need to we need to see some growth and we're working on it on our end. But we also need your help on your end. So please, you, I know you have a friend that would be interested in this. Please just give them, you know, sit them down and force them to listen to the Valerian episode. It'll hook them every time. The Valerian episode. That's the one. My kids need wine. I got nothing else. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy. And as our overlord would say, until next time.